On this Yom Kippur, I want to talk to you about one prayer. It's a prayer that I have turned to again and again since I was 14 years old. This prayer binds our tribe together, and it actually has the power to bring the dead back to the living. You've all recited it countless times, in the middle of the service or at the end, at a cemetery or at a house of mourning. And one day it's my hope that someone will say the Kaddish for you. The Kaddish basically says one thing. God exists and is a blessing in this world. And if you get caught up on the word God, think about what it is that's outside of you. Think about the presence, something divine, something bigger than all of us. Jews are obligated to recite the Kaddish in honor of somebody who has died, yet the Kaddish does not mention death or mourner or even memory. The word Kaddish is from Kadosh, from the word holy or sanctified. And there are actually five different forms of the Kaddish, all written in Aramaic, just like Kol Nidre, the vernacular of Talmudic times. The mourner's Kaddish that we're all familiar with originated in Kaddish de Rabbanan, or the rabbi's Kaddish. The Kaddish de Rabbanan recited at the end of a teaching or a lesson to praise and honor the teacher. It then evolved into four different Kaddishes, including the Chatzi Kaddish, which separates prayers in our service, the Kaddish Shalem at the end of the service, the mourner's Kaddish, and finally the graveside Kaddish, which is the only one of the five that mentions death, and resurrection. It's very interesting to me that this mourner's Kaddish originated in Kaddish de Rabbanan as a prayer that honors a teacher because the way I see it, every single person that comes into my life is a teacher. So what does this Kaddish actually say? May God's great name be magnified and sanctified in the world that God created. May God's kingdom come into your lives and in your days, in the lives of all of Israel and all humanity, swiftly and soon, and we say, Amen. You know that part. May God's great name be blessed always and forever, blessed, praised, glorified, raised, exalted, honored, uplifted, adorned, and adored be the name of the Holy One among all the blessings and the praises and the songs and the comforts that are uttered in our world. And we say, May great peace from heaven and life be upon us and all of Israel. And we say, Osei Shalom. We just sung, we sang that beautiful song together. May the one who makes peace in the high places bring peace to all of Israel. And we say together. Amen. The first time that I said the mourner's Kaddish, I was 14 years old. I was on a youth group retreat when my rabbi, Herb Bronstein, invited us to all say Kaddish with a boy whose grandfather had just died that week. My rabbi told us, you are all now Jewish adults. As Jews, we are each responsible not only for one another, but for the future of our entire people. Reciting the Kaddish alongside the mourners is your Jewish obligation. What he taught me was that Jewish continuity and the Jewish community was counting on me, and I was only 14 years old. For the first time, I got it. I was actually a link in a chain. We call it Shalshelet Kabbalah, 
or the transmission of this beautiful heritage. And since a minion is required, 10 Jews, in order to say the Kaddish, all of us are a part of this chain. This communal prayer, which takes all of one minute to recite, is so important. If I didn't show up and say Kaddish for this boy's grandfather, I believed, and I still do, that I would have been shirking the most fundamental obligation that I have as a Jew. Kol Yisrael Aravim Zeh B'Zeh were taught in the Talmud. All of Israel is responsible one for another. This Kaddish unites all of us from one generation to the next, and right here on this earth today, it unites us as a community. This prayer travels with us, carrying us backwards and forwards in time. I've said, Yit Gadal Ve'yit Kadash Shemer standing in Auschwitz, in rabbinical school, at the Western Wall, facing a glacier in Alaska, standing at my grandmother's grave, surrounded by my entire family, above and below the ground. I've heard the Kaddish recited with Spanish, Russian, and Hebrew accents. And I believe whenever a Jew anywhere hears the words, Yit Gadal V'yit Kadash Shemei Rabbah, we know. We know that someone has died. We know that someone is brokenhearted and in mourning. There's something about the rhythm and the cadence of this prayer that's in our bones and in our blood. There's a Talmudic story that demonstrates the power of this prayer. As the story goes, Rabbi Akiva has a dream in which he comes upon a man who is covered in soot, bent under the weight of a tremendous bundle of wood that he carries. He is trapped between the living and the dead, punished for terrible wrongs that he had inflicted while on earth by cheating the poor. Rabbi Akiva asked if there was any way for this man to be released from this terrible purgatory, this land we call Gehenna. The man tells Rabbi Akiva, if you can find my child, my son, and you can teach him the Kaddish, and he recites it in my name, I will be released from this purgatory, and my soul will ascend to Olam Haba, the world to come. Rabbi Akiva wakes from his dream, finds this son of the man, and he teaches him the Kaddish, which the son then recites for his father. The man now released returns to Rabbi Akiva and lets him know that Olam Haba is in his sight. This is the traditional understanding of the Kaddish, the one tool we have at our disposal to ensure that our parents and other people that we love pass from this world into the next. Each one of us is a Kaddishel. It's a Yiddish word. Each one of us is or will be one day a rememberer. And we're all commanded to zahor, to remember, a word that's contained in the Bible 169 times. Last week, I received this letter. It says, Dear Sydney, Congregation Emmanuel joins you in commemorating the 9th of Tishrei yard site of Harriet Gerber Lewis. Your grandmother's name will be read before the Kaddish prayer during our 6 p.m. and 8.30 Shabbat services on Friday evening, September 13th. 
last night. Giving tzedakah to commemorate a yard site is considered a mitzvah. If you'd like to make a contribution to the temple in observance of the yard site of your loved one, we have enclosed a donation form and a return envelope. Sincerely, me. and everyone sitting behind me. This isn't as schmaltzy as you think, and I'm going to tell you why. Ten years ago, my grandmother died on the day before Kol Nidre. Just as I'm preparing to do tshuva, the process of reflecting and reorienting and returning to our best selves, and examining our relationships, this letter arrives each and every year for the past 10 years to remind me to say Kaddish for my grandmother. Like some of you here who might have had or have difficult relationships with someone in your family, I had a very difficult relationship with my grandmother. But she was also a second mother to me. I lived with my grandparents and my mom and my brothers from the time I was eight until I was 16 in a three-generation home, just like the good old days, just like my mom did and my grandmother did and my great-grandparents did. Three generations in one home. My grandmother did not have an easy life. She suffered the loss of her father and inherited the mantle of her immense family business when she was 30 years old. Her only sibling, Oscar, was later murdered by an irate employee. She suffered debilitating osteoarthritis, and after multiple surgeries, she ended up in a wheelchair for the last 12 years of her life. You can understand why I don't remember her being happy very often. And she would often chastise me with her infamous angry voice. But she also loved me fiercely, even at times if it seemed capriciously. Outside of our home, Grandma Harriet was beloved as a macher in the community. And she was passionately loving and dedicated about one thing, Jewish continuity. Her vanity license plate said, Menschmaker. <laughs> Literally every single day of her life, she did something to ensure the survival of the Jewish people. She gave tzedakah at the drop of a hat. If somebody had a new baby, she gave tzedakah. Recovered from an illness, she gave tzedakah. And if they died... She would give tzedakah in memory of them, and she would give it specifically to an organization that represented that person's values. As their mitzvot, the mitzvot of our loved ones, are amplified in the world by us, their lives flow through us again. The 16th century rabbi, Abraham Hurwitz, wrote, let the child keep a particular mitzvah given him by his parent, and it shall be of greater worth than even reciting the Kaddish. So merely reciting the Kaddish, according to Rabbi Hurwitz, can't bring the presence of God into the world. Because in Jewish tradition, memory is not passive. It has to be put into practice through our actions. I think it's our own individual responsibility to bring that person's soul, the nefesh, of the one that you loved, back into this world. And in that way, Unlike the traditional view of Kaddish being said and the soul ascending to Olam Haba, the world to come, we actually create our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, Olam Haba, their world to come, right here in our world through our actions. Like the God we call Mechaye Hametim, the resurrector of the dead, 
we are bringing the dead back to life, to the living, in our own actions. I've also learned that Kaddish can help you do tshuva, even with people who aren't here anymore. I didn't have a chance to do tshuva with my grandmother while she was still here. The 15th century rabbi Judah ben Jacob said that today is called Yom Kippur, so that we can kaper, work on forgiveness, but it's also called Yom HaKippurim, which is the plural. And he says we call it Kippurim so that we can do tshuva with both, the people who are here with us, and if we weren't able to do it, we can still work through some of the garbage or what's inside of us, the shattered places, as we move through our lives and we reckon with them. It's our challenge on Yom Kippur. We sift through this stuff, the good and the bad, the easy relationships and the difficult ones. Tshuva is a process of reckoning, moving things around in yourself so that you can make space as this new year begins for the new in you. Especially when we say Kaddish on Yom Kippur, it does help us to let go of some of the unfinished business we might still have. It not only brings forth memory, but it gives us an opportunity to make peace in our own souls. The idea is that if we do tshuva this year, we will not be in the same place. We will not be struggling in the same way with the same people when we come back here to sit down next Yom Kippur. And Rabbi Beth reminded us last night, we can make choices about what we bring into this next year and what we leave behind. This summer, I was called to say Kaddish for four people who were suddenly and tragically killed. I said Kaddish for Anais Maya Rittenberg, my partner's 21-year-old cousin who was killed by a falling tree at Camp Tawanga. I said it for Marty and Marlene Gershik, my friend's parents who had just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary and were killed in a car accident. And I said Kaddish for Tommy Batat, our member who at 50 years old was killed in a cycling accident on a road that I have cycled so many times before. Maybe for the first time because these deaths were so shocking to me, one after another, the Kaddish felt powerless for the first time. As I stood with the mourners, I felt lost in the words instead of found. Even when the Kaddish is difficult to say, I'm certain it's not one of the things that we, as Jews, can leave behind. So I turned to this very process on Yom Kippur to tshuva, to guide me. I used it to transform my relationship with this sacred pair that had been holy to me since I was 14. I turned it inside out, upside down. I returned to it, and I made it new, and I'm trying to make it mine, renewed all over again. The Kaddish has always been my go-to prayer. I can count on it to guide me through the service, and I know how enthusiastic all of you are when we say the service now concludes with the Kaddish <laughs> on page 586. Since I was 14, the Kaddish has represented my obligation to you, to our community, to the Jewish people. It's the way I've been able to com comfort mourners. And most of the time, we say prayers to God or about God. There's a few prayers we say for other people, like the Misha Beirach, when we pray, pray for healing, or when we bench Gomel, when somebody emerges from a dangerous place, or the Kaddish in memory. 
This year I learned that although I say Kaddish for someone else, I'm actually saying it for myself. I say Kaddish to affirm my belief that I'm a part of God's existence in this world. And I say Kaddish to remind myself to take the good parts of my grandmother and to bring her back through my mitzvot. Facing both life and death, Kaddish has become my own individual, personal, spiritual, global positioning system. My IPS GPS, call it, which directs me toward this life and towards the presence of God in this world, especially when everything and everyone around me might feel broken or shaken. Rabbi Bauer shared with me a beautiful teaching from someone we admire, Rabbi Avi Weiss. Rabbi Weiss says that when you leave someone who is sitting shiva, we recite this formula, Hamakom yinechem edchem, may the Holy One, may the presence of God be a comfort to you. But he asks, what if there's only one mourner? Should we use the plural still, edchem, or should we use the singular, otach or otcha? Many rabbis insist that we say it in the plural. According to this view, it can be suggested that even when one mourns alone, we're never alone. God feels our loss because God is sitting shiva with us. So we have to say etchem in the plural. From this perspective, God is the comforter, and God is comforted when we comfort another. And so we recite, may God comfort you, in the plural. The you is all of us, and it includes God. Rabbi Weiss says that the Kaddish may be interpreted as our words of comfort to God, him or herself. When you receive one of these letters this year, and by a show of hands, how many of you have ever gotten a Yardsite letter, a reminder letter? For we all will. When you receive one of them this year in 5774, take a moment, bring yourself back to this day, the holiest day of the year, Yom HaKippurim. Remember who the person is in the letter. Remember who they still are to you. And then figure out what the mitzvah is in the world that you're going to do in their memory. And when you do it, call me because I want to hear what it is. And then this is a little harder. Your own Kaddish. If you want Kaddish said for you, tell somebody around you, somebody you know, your child, somebody who loves you. Tell them you want Kaddish said for you one day. Tell them while your name is still on the outside of the envelope. We're going to recite this Kaddish tonight. We come together at Yisker and Nila. I challenge you to find a way to make Kaddish, this eternal prayer, personal and meaningful. And if it's not the Kaddish, find another prayer this year that you can make your own. Tonight in Yiskor is a deeply mournful Kaddish, meant specifically for those whose parents have died. In Ne'ila, it's a triumphant Kaddish in music, uplifting and life-affirming. The singular small act of showing up here or anywhere and reciting this one-minute, 2,000-year-old prayer will restore your soul, will bring the dead back to the living, 
comfort the mourners, and God. How much more do you really need?